You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School presented by Privy. And a big thank you to our co-sponsors of the show, Suna and Hashtag Paid. For too long, the process of finding the right influencer for your brand has been endless, mindless, soul-crushing scrolling. And then once you find the one, they don't even move the needle. Well, Hashtag Paid is putting an end to all of that. They're the first matchmaking tool for brands and creators. With Hashtag Paid, the process is three incredibly simple steps. Build your campaign, pick from 10 creators, hit the launch button, and bask in success. Hashtag Paid is basically a dating service for brands and influencers. Instead of dinner and overpriced drinks, you'll get ROI and a partner your audience trusts. Check them out at the link in the show notes. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to e-commerce marketing school. There is so much changing in D2C marketing, paid, organic, TikTok, Snapchat, iOS in the fallout, email, SMS, you name it. Obviously, influencer and creator marketing is, is all the rage right now. But it's actually insane to think that founders need to keep up with all of this. It's not easy. I've been there. I know you're there right now. So today I'm here with Jennifer Yeah and Jennifer Tsai, co-founders of Shoot, to dive into how they're navigating the changing landscape and driving success with influencer marketing. So Jennifer and Jennifer, it's awesome having you both on the show. For sure. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with Shoot. For people who are unfamiliar, tell us about you know the story behind the brand and what you both are up to. Yeah. So Shoot is an AAPI female-run um, and founded business. And we started in June of 2018. Um, and our core offering is this outdoor photo shoot that's 30 minutes. It's You can book it in 60 seconds or less. You get your digital gallery of 40 photos in three to five business days, and you only have to pay for the photos you want. So the whole thing is that we're really revolutionizing the access to professional photography and trying to make this as seamless and affordable as possible. So like the big thing is like, how do we retain the quality of photography while also making it more available to all types of people, not just like super wealthy? So and the reason we're able to do that is because we're actually a company by creatives for creatives. So many of us have a creative background. And the genesis of it was actually, you know, we were sitting around being like, how can we improve the gig economy for creatives? Because typically the gig economy is you kind of go gig to gig, but it's like maybe one gig a week, but you have to spend time traveling there. You have to, you know, find parking. Like by the time you do all of the hullabaloo around getting places, you know, it's expensive and it's tough and it's not the most efficient use of your time, especially as creative. So we were like, you know what, if we change the business model and we consolidate demand somewhere for uh, creatives where we drive clients to them. And so you go somewhere and you have multiple gigs all at the same location. It all of a sudden makes that booking really worth it for you. So that was the genesis of us starting Shoot by being able to consolidate demand in specific places drive people there. And we then passed, we're then able to pass on the benefit to creatives in the form of free sessions. So, you know, we're really excited. We are in 60 cities now. We started in just one. We grew exponentially in the pandemic. Even with that, we've maintained a customer rating of 4.9. It's an average customer rating of 4.9 stars across Google, TripAdvisor, and Meta. And that's just something we're really super proud of. Some an incredible story. So when you say outdoor photography, you mean like an engagement shoot or headshot or 
family photo mm-hmm. type stuff, right? Yes. And then one thing that makes us really different from other um, services is that we actually have already scoped out these locations. So they're usually like really popular hotspots, beautiful parks, and we take care of, of all like, the logistics of getting the right permits and whatnot. So literally the client just has to go on the website, choose a date that works for them, choose a location that they want, and they just show up. So we basically take out all that decision making and all the like back and forth that usually people have to do when they're trying to book a photo shoot. So cool. And I mean, I know everyone listening runs direct to consumer businesses, and this is about storytelling and, and inspiring on what's working through marketing, but we'll link to shoot in the show notes. It's S-H-O-O-T-T.com. Really cool. Nicely done. Amazing that you're available in 60 cities. I didn't quite realize the scale of the business. That's amazing. Cool. So uh, good to get the background. Let's talk about marketing. So 2019 exploded through the pandemic. You know, how did you get the word out? You know, what were the core marketing channels for the last couple of years? Yeah, great question. So our core marketing channels prior to last year was really Facebook. Facebook was a huge feeder for us. And then we had some assists by using what we call like local marketing. So, you know, because our product and service is really popular in particular with millennial moms or anyone who's trying to commemorate all the different life stages they want to with photos, mm-hmm. you know, we would find local mom groups, things like that to really get our brand name out there and our offer out there. And then, but the main driver was primarily Facebook where, you know, it was very easy to reach and target that population. And were those Facebook ads? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you you launched by... After the initial friends and family posts and whatever, (laughs) you really started paying for Facebook ads initially. Yes, right away. That was like our only way of getting clients at the time. And so Facebook had been wonderful for us. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like that helped you really scale through the pandemic growth. What's been happening since and how has the marketing mix evolved for you? So, yeah. So iOS 14.5 dropped, which meant that all the targeting that we (laughs) benefited from went away. So it led to us having to really kind of reimagine things because previously we were a company that focused on operations. Like how do we make our product and service? That was like almost a hundred percent of our attention and none of it really needed to be on marketing where all of a sudden it shifted and it was like, oh, this is a totally new landscape. The efficacy of our spend is just way lower than it used to be. So we had to figure out other platforms. And the first that we diversified to was Google. So figuring out how to work with Google ads was a major thing. And then also starting to run experiments on TikTok, on Snapchat, across, you know, on Nextdoor, like what kind of, where can we find traction? Where, what kind of makes sense? Imagine shifting from Facebook spend to Google probably drove up costs significantly, right? In the beginning, it did. I have to say the account managers that we were given were pretty knowledgeable. So we were able to really have some sort of strategy and plan to figure out what worked best. But it did take a, a bit of a learning curve to get there for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. But it's also here, like awesome to hear that you were experimenting with local stuff mm-hmm. like through Nextdoor. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I think we tried Nextdoor's platform, I think we just like rolled out at like at the somewhere in the like fall of 2021. So it was still, it was still a little bit, I think we ran tests on there for maybe like two or three months. It wasn't the best converter at the time, but I know they've made changes since then. So that's something we want to retry again. 
But the cool thing about Nextdoor is that you can reach these very hyper-local communities. So depending on the type of service or product you have, it could be a really great avenue for some folks. We haven't really spent a ton of time trying to really optimize it. But yeah, it it looks like the targeting is there. Yeah, yeah, cool. And so at what point in all of this experimentation did influencer creative marketing like first start to come up as something that you should be trying? Yeah. So influencer marketing came up for us in the very beginning, like even in like 2018, 2019. And then it was really just about like the whole Instagram. It was the Instagram influencer, right? Which is a t- kind of a, a totally different thing. And and at the time it was really laborious. It was like, oh, wow, which kind of mom influencers do we find? And then we have to kind of like reach out to every single person, have a different sort of like, you know, walk them through what we need with them. But it was very, very labor intensive. And so we kind of dropped it up until I would say even just like a few months ago, we're like, maybe we should try that again. And when we started to think about it, you know, we found that the landscape was just totally different now. Yeah. So were you just like building a spreadsheet or like a Google sheet and dropping names in and doing searches on Instagram of who might be a good fit? Yes. And that's what we used to do. Yeah. Like we're trying to scrape it to be like, how do we quickly find as many people who might fit? Yeah. Yeah. You shoot them a DM and you're like, hey, can you please like work with us? Yeah. You're structuring it randomly or, or based on whatever they say versus like the market. I can totally imagine like how scrappy that process was. And then you know, recently when you decided to like rejigger that and formalize that, like, what did you do? I think we started thinking about it, right? And then we're like, oh, maybe we should start looking. And I think that's when we started getting served ads. And, you know, we've been on the DTC marketing email for some time. And I think that's where we originally found paid. And since, you know, they spoke to sort of what we were starting to wonder about again, we decided to look them up. And I think we're like, oh, this could actually solve a lot of our issues and challenges we were having before. So that's kind of how we ventured into it and decided to give them a try. Awesome. So now that spreadsheet, basically that process, you know, is happening inside the hashtag paid. You can source influencers, you can contract, you can run campaigns all through Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there. So you're saving the time. You're immediately working with people that are credible. Right. And like what type of content is working for you now? Or at least are you experimenting with? We find the the stuff that works best for us is really, I think, videos that come across really genuine, right? In the sense that they're not super polished in any way, but it just seems like another person, just like any kind of popular TikTok videos you may come across when you're looking through the feed. It's people who just are talking to you as of like you are their friend. So those are the ones that we find tend to do better. Obviously, we also still, you know, use paid for like Instagram things. And in that case, the kind of the more polished ones seem to do better. So that too is also changing and also depending on what we're trying to pitch. So it's kind of a learn as you go kind of process. Yeah. And what's the strategy like within individual creator? Is it that you're looking for them to post once? Is it a post? Is it stories? Is it across all their assets? Is it like an ongoing thing? What sort of relationships are you trying out? I think with paid, um, you can choose to see where you want them to post first. And usually the way we look at that is we'll look at their account. We'll see how many followers they have on each platform and in general, their engagement level. So for example, if they're more popular on Instagram and their engagement is higher there, then we'll probably choose them to just do Instagram as opposed to post on everything because each thing has a cost, right? So we basically try to maximize getting our brand out there and trying to see what would work the best in that way. 
Yeah. And is it, are you using creators for brand marketing campaigns or is this more of like direct response where you're trying to measure it and running offers through them as well? We do basically both. We try to kind of hit two birds with one stone where we try to make the brand front and center, but we also include, we love offering discount codes to see how many bookings, for example, they might drive. And I think we've only really gotten, or I'm sorry, in general, you know, our campaigns that we've paid for have been exclusively video, but at the same time, because we're a photo company, they are also able to get photos from our sessions. And then they will organically often also kind of post the photos, but it, w- it won't be as much of a campaign as the ones that we get via video, if that makes sense. Got it. So a little bit of brand awareness, top of funnel, some offers with mm-hmm. with coupon codes. Yes. And you know, when that happens, it's easy for you to measure the impact of that individual influencer or that type of post, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. So, you know, you guys are, are now what, a couple months into influencer? Three months in, I think, or so two to three months. Yeah, two something to three like months. That. We started with a Mother's Day campaign, so around that time. Nice. I mean, it sounds like compared to your original like jump into this space, it's been, you know, night and day, the experience for you, saving a bunch of time. Do you feel like influencer is going to be a big part of the strategy moving forward for you? Yeah, I think having a lot of user-generated content is super important just to, I feel like in a a way, like that's where you're getting trust being really built and also getting kind of your brand ubiquitously available to be like, oh, okay, if you also have tried this, maybe I will try it. It's kind of, you know, creating that, the sense that you are everywhere and that, you know, you are a trusted brand. So I think being creative with how we work with them, knowing how to get the creatives we really want out of folks that refining that process is kind of next on our list. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the intersection of the 60 cities where you offer your service, the content that comes out of each of those engagements, plus having some local kind of creators or influencers could be really powerful Mm -hmm. for the shoot brand. So that's awesome to hear. Maybe we'll get you back on in a couple months to talk about like how you what you've learned about types of posts, types of videos, and how you've refined it. But awesome to hear about the early success. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you both for coming on. It's an awesome story and excited to share with our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, of course.